0: this episode of the Gats I'm your host Metz and joining me this evening is Mike Willett and the artist formerly known as Jake Barber. Welcome lads. Evening. evening. Before we start a big shout out to Kahuna Flooring for sponsoring this episode. Steve delivers a door-to-floor service bringing samples to your home for you to choose from. To find out more simply go to www.kahunaflooring.co.uk. So since we last recorded the January window is shut we did a live space on Twitter on the night and it mostly consisted of finding out what ex-Rovers players are up to now. Then just before the window shut, Rovers announced the signing of Lamar Bogard on loan from Villa and Callum McDonald on a permanent from Stockport County. Mike, fair to say a lot of fans seem to be feeling quite underwhelmed by a January business and Joey himself called it a 5 out of 10 window once it had shut. How are you left feeling about our January business out of 10?
1: Oh, out of ten. Uh I'd give it a, a six out of ten. But you know, I, I am, I'm not as downbeat about it as as a lot of people, particularly Barton. Um well, I mean, I would say that you know, on on, on transfer deadline day, you you I mean, I was expecting a, a a huge amount of turnover given given what Barton was saying. In the lead up to it, about how he's made up his mind on players, and that um, you know he might have to shift a few to bring more in. And I thought we were going to see throughout the day just a lot of players. Well, not a lot, not loads, but maybe three or four even. You know, two, three, four players maybe leave, and then possibly uh, a few coming in. And I, I did feel at the time when he when he was making those comments that. I I didn't feel the need to go nuclear on this squad necessarily. He, he um you know it's a squad that got us promoted, fans are still on board with it. There's no real panic. Um, and yeah, we've we've let it slip a little bit recently, but really we're kind of where we thought we'd be. Um, and you know, I wasn't expecting uh, big things until he said all that. So really, um, whilst I re- I really enjoyed the spaces, I thought that was a really good night. And a good idea. Um, we didn't have much to talk about, so Rory Fallon, you get another shout out, and you're right. I hope your ice cream business is uh, absolutely flying, mate. But um, yeah, I'm you know I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. How about you?
0: Yeah, similar to you. Um, again, I enjoyed the space for finding out what ex-Rovers players were doing, which ones have been to prison and stuff like that. It was very interesting. Um, how about you, Jake? How how are you left feeling <clears throat> at eleven o'clock?
2: A uh, bit of both sides of the coin, really. I, I thought it was good to get a bit of business done over the line. Um, you could say McDonald, you know, people kind of send us a bit of a desperation signing, but if you look at it on paper, raven's don't really have many options at left full-back. Um, as, as pleased I am sort of getting some some fresh players in, because I've always said before, I can never criticise raven's getting players in the door. You know, I think any sign is a good sign-in on, you know, just, just to add some competition to the squad my only concern is that you know there is so little experience in in that team now you know you kind of look for players you think right who's going to lead you through it who's going to lead you through this rough patch and I don't think robes have kind of got those players yet um as Michael said I think we are about where we'd want to be or where I think we would be um but i I think I think maybe maybe myself is maybe expecting a little bit more um maybe just some players with a bit of league one pedigree coming in which we have which we have and I think I think that's any bit of a concern if you will but you know I would have would have thought maybe a couple of other players would have moved on I, I think especially as you said after what Byron said after uh Morecambe but uh wouldn't to be but um yeah I think you know competition for places is, is, is only a good thing
0: yeah it kind of feels like one of those where we're not desperately needing bodies in to stave off a relegation but kind of a maybe a missed opportunity to get those players that are going to propel us maybe into the into the playoffs. So before we have a proper chat about Saturday's game with Milton Keynes, okay. I just want to quickly discuss the gas last three results as a block and where it leaves us. So we went into them off the back of the victory at Cambridge and with hopes of a playoff push, still very much alive. However, Rovers definitely have been brought down to earth with a bump since 2-0 loss at Accretan. loss at Morecambe, obviously 2-0 against MK at home. All three of those were either in or hovering just above the relegation zone when we played them, and all three have very much comfortably seen us off, scoring nine against us with Rovers only obviously notching the one, which was a consolation in the end. Uh, Mike, I'll come to you first. Do you think that's a blip or should we be a bit more concerned about overall form?
1: Um, it is a bit of a concern, to be honest you, you get three results like that Against teams above us you know, In the playoffs, you, you sort of Think, well, okay, maybe we're not Quite the side we thought we would be Maybe we're going to fall a bit short this year But to lose against Three teams that are all fighting relegation and to be Comprehensively beaten in all three, really um, it's, That's a concern, I think um, We've you know, we've had spells and, and even at half time against MK, a few of us were saying, you know, I fully expect us to come flying out in the second half and win this game. Um, but that just never came. And we looked a little bit better because he's obviously given him a bit of a rocket at half time. But, um, yeah, I'm concerned and I'm sure we'll kind of talk about it, but just the general vibe about the place at the moment. And that this is classic when you've lost a few games that suddenly everyone thinks, oh, hang on, there's something wrong. We've had it so good for what feels like a really long time. That this feels very much like the time when Barton first came in, and he's sort of gone. To t- he's taken the players to task, and you know it's impressive sometimes. But when you're not seeing the results on the pitch, it's a it's a concern. I think so. I've got some tough games coming up as well. So yeah, I'm concerned a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think the it's the performances obviously. The results are terrible, but the performances, more than anything, we've we've not looked good. We've looked very very flat. Um, Jake, I'll come to you. Are you more worried about the performances than the results? Even though no points out of those three games is a pretty awful return. Mm.
2: It, uh, this is such a cop out answer, and I hate saying this, but it's a results business. At the end, you know, if, if you're getting the results and you're not, you're not playing overly really well. You can kind of look past it. I thought charting them on New Year's Day. I thought I thought we were pretty poor that day. Um, I think we were lucky that they had nothing in front of goal. But yeah, it is a bit of a concern. Where I, I've always I've always said for a while that if Rovers start when Rovers eventually do go for a barren spell in front of goal, there's nothing to protect that. It's either attack or defence, and it's just proven in the last three games. Our defence statistically, you want to say, is, is no better um, than it has been all season. But we've we, we've lost a knack in front of goal, and I said earlier on, like, it's very very rare the exception of Aaron Collins now, and again, that League One players, League One strikers are going to create a goal out of nothing. Collins, like I said, being the exception, but there's nothing behind the strikers to get them the chances. Um, I think we feel we play very, very flat. And I, I said this a while back, you can practically, if you're going to write down on a piece of paper how Ray is going to play, you know exactly where the ball is going to go, you know exactly who's going to get it, when and where. I think the teams have just figured this <clears throat> out. I, I couldn't begin to tell you what shape we're playing at the minute. It just It just looks like a team of all sorts out there. Um, you know, I think the morale does seem a bit low, which, you know, expect after three straight defeats, but it's the way someone doesn't quite, as much as it doesn't quite feel right, especially since boxing Day. there's quite a sharp drop off in, in performance really. Um, and I think that's a losing the way we have to the sides that we're playing at the minute is a cause for concern. And I, I don't, I will say, I know my to later, but I don't think we're going to be dragged much further down the table in terms of relegation fight, but my only concern is looking at it towards the end of the season. You've got some bigger teams to come, and I know we said this back in, in in the autumn when we had them coming up the first time. But you know, when you're near the end of the season, you haven't got games after to fall back on. So that's kind of my concern. We need to pick up as many points as we can before you know we hit April and May and so on.
0: You've both mentioned it. I think Mike, you put it put it best. Conspiracy theory. You know, when the results aren't going amazingly well and something not feeling right. Do you see that? So there was um, obviously belly um, was injured and I do that with air quotes um, and people allegedly saw Evans having a row with one of the staff before um, the MK game as well. Are we just looking too much into that? Or do you think that's something to be more concerned about?
1: Um, Again, it is, you know, it is concerning when you hear particularly the the Evans possible spat with a, with a member of staff. Like I, I think it, um, I've been one of the coaches but at the same time this this environment probably brings that about a lot we probably you know even when successful teams are flying high I'm sure they are always in each other's faces demanding more demanding better um of each other so I'm not you know it's I was concerned when I heard about it but actually I just think well might be that might just be par for the course for this kind of environment you know um and we've got a pretty fiery squad as well, really. When you when you look across the board, that you know, the captain Coots has got a bit of an edge to him. You've got Sam Finney, the vice captain, he's got a bit of an edge to him. There's a lot of them who are who are sort of willing to voice their opinion. And Barrow and, Bar and Lois say, you need that in your dressing room. Um, and he sort of, you know, he called out Belshaw a few weeks ago saying he's not that kind of goalkeeper, he's not the sort of bloke who's gonna have his center arms up against the wall, he's going to be, you know, he's a nice guy. So that's great. But it's, you know, I want my, so kind of calling him out then. So it is, i, I I'm sure we'll, we'll sort of touch on it, but it is a bit harsh on Belshaw, I think. I think Belshaw has been, um, you know, terrific for us, really. And I know I was sort of doubtful in the early days, but I, I do think he's, you know, there wasn't, there couldn't have been many Rovers fans out there calling for him to be switched round. So for that to happen was was odd. Um, but we'll just have to see how it plays out. I think, um, you know, it's just, there's a long way, to, there's still a long way to go the season. And I'm sure whatever issues they've got, they can iron that out between now and the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like the, the Evans row allegedly is him finding out that he'd been dropped. And I want to see a reaction. I don't want to see him just being like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll see you next week then kind of thing. I, I want to see him being like, no, I want to start I'm you know I know he's been in pretty dreadful form the last few weeks but I I do want to see a reaction from players I think I'm with Barton on that one um Jake just before we go into the MK game then do you think it's an overreaction to say we now need to start looking over our shoulders and maybe trying to get to that 52-54 point mark as soon as possible
2: It's 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 a tough question I think not yet no I I think if we if we say if we say lose the next two, I hate looking ahead beyond the next week, probably because I don't know who we're playing. But um, you know, looking beyond Lincoln, I think you know, it's it's hard to kind of think of that. If we lose Saturday and results kind of go against us, then maybe, but you've got to remember there's quite a lot of teams in between us and twenty first anyway. You know, they they've got a you know match or better, which I mean it's it's not gonna be an overnight thing. I like, well, I think within two weeks we're gonna be near you know, two three weeks gonna be near the bottom four. It's a concern, yeah, but I, I think it's too soon to push the planet button, yeah. Just give it a couple of weeks. I, I was one of those asked me in a couple of weeks' time, I think. I think it's too early to say, yeah.
0: Fair enough. Um so let's go into it then. Rovers lost 2-0 home at home against MK. Uh possession stats were 67% to Rovers. Um, shots were seven to Rovers, 12 to MK. On target, just the one for the Rovers, five for MK, big chances none for Ravers and two for Milton Keynes. So we went down almost immediately. Kwanzaa gave away a penalty, but before that, we'd already kind of shot ourselves in the foot because our Twitter admin decided to banter MK by saying that we were going to delay kickoff uh, to let all of their 200 fans in. Um, And then obviously to go 1-0 down straight away was um upsetting and to be fair to the mk twitter admin bantered straight back so you know hopefully a lesson learned for our admin um mike i'll come to you first i wanted to get your general thoughts on concert because obviously he gave away the penalty his debut at um was you know not great if you're coming into a team and your first game is a 5-1 loss but i thought he's he's looked Probably one of the better in a quite a leaky defense.
1: Yeah, I th- I think so. Like he, um, I didn't get the chance to see the Morgan game, but I've seen all the you know seen all the highlights. I've seen that, um, and from what I'm told of that game, he actually looked very good coming out with the ball. Looked pretty good, um, able to able to spray passes. Looked pretty comfortable, and that's kind of what we saw against MK Thorns as well, where he does look quite composed when he's got the ball at his feet. Not afraid to, to come out with it. And I think we want that. I think you know, Connor Taylor used to bring the ball out quite quite well in defense last season. And, and look, you know, when you've got someone at the back who's that comfortable with the ball, pretty it just takes a little bit of the pressure off. But that being said, the kind of defensive qualities, um, you know, certainly on one of the goals for Morecambe, he, he kind of gets done quite easy, sort of jumps in, he skinned him. And they score and then even the penalty which was probably the most stonewall penalty i've seen all season to be fair he's jumped in um he's just maybe got a little bit excited thinking he can get there first and hasn't and is the kind of thing that he will probably learn because he's got all the other qualities about him and he's big and strong and he looks like he fits the bill but um the, the annoying thing with all this is when you sign a young player from a premier league side you kinda of gotta expect them to make a load of mistakes at our expense whilst we develop a young Premier League player. So we get all the mistakes until they're ready to play proper football um at the top end. But um yeah, concern, but at the same time, is is sort of perfect of course for a young center half, I think, 19 years of age.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, Jake, we've Fallen behind in 17 of our 29 league games this season, and four out of our last five. Feels like slow starts have been an issue for most of this season, but usually we've been rescued in the second half by Collins and Coburn. Um Why? Why do you think that is? Just recently coming about.
2: I think uh, it's it's one of those. I, I think it's just a. Someone do It's always something to, do with, the course, something to do with the mentality that just someone's just not. You know. Uh, when it's a mentality problem, you kind of think, okay, one or two games, it's going to happen. But it's happened so frequently. That's what 70% of our games there. I'm not quite sure what is off with the player. Surely something, somebody, somebody's not right somewhere. Um, and I think it could just be just an over-reliance. Some players might think, okay, uh, Collins and Cobra are going to get us out of it. So they kind of think, oh, we'll be okay. But um, it, it's a difficult question. I, I say it comes, it stems from somewhere. Um, you know, obviously the managers told them to play a certain way in the first half. I know it's especially at home we've struggled um to lead a half time. I think when we, we were leading on New Year's Day, that was the first time we were winning at time since um Oxford in August. So um uh, at home anyway. So we yeah, slow starts are a problem. I, I'm not I, it's a really tough question So to why we do it. I think we kind of become a bit conditioned to it because it's happened so often. It's like, oh we'll go behind and come back the second half. But that's not a good way to go about it. Um I don't know if it's just add pressure to themselves. I don't know. It's, it's it's a really tough one to get my head around that. Well,
1: but when those when those comebacks stop happening, that's because uh, I remember oh, yeah. like the, the the Plymouth game at home where they were they were excellent in Plymouth first half mm-hmm. two 0 You think, blimey, this is going to be a real slog, and then second half was probably the best forty five minutes from us this season, and we should have won the game. You just think like, you know, but you do think like you're so reliant on Collins and Coburn to, to dig us out of trouble each time that if they start having a bad run, then who else are we gonna to turn to? So yeah, it's tricky.
0: Yeah, I kind of see it like obviously we chopped and changed pretty much every game our back <clears throat> four slash back three, and then also the personnel within that. I just kind of feel like without a settled like like we did, like the tail end of last season where we just settled back four and we it was the same you could predict the team easily and obviously Joey said it before a winning team picks itself whereas he's got you know changes to make after every loss and I, I don't think that's really helping like Gordon was frozen out and then he played on Saturday and it, all those little things kind of when you're not winning like add up and I think like you said my uh you said Jake like sometimes it becomes like a mentality thing where you, okay, we are going to probably go one nil down and we need to dig ourselves out rather than thinking we're going to, we're going to dominate them. So obviously possession stats, 67% possession is massive. Um, we had lots and lots of the ball, but re- didn't really do a lot with it. We gave it away most of the time when we are in MK's half and most of our passes were played between our own defenders going nowhere um, it feels like the intensity of our players falling off a cliff recently. I'll come to you, Mike, about reasons why that might be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it just comes down to that sort of lack of confidence that, that, that just seems to be so apparent throughout the side. I mean, even the even the fans, in a way, like on Saturday, I felt that there was a real kind of. Um, just like an expectation that we might let this slip. And then when you do, there's like a lot of people around me who, who I haven't heard of people out of all season and negatively. Suddenly everyone is like having a pop, but uh, sort of individual players are coming over to get some water and they're sort of in, in the players' ear pretty early doors. You think, okay, it's quite, you know, people are getting a little bit wound up. I, I, I don't know if there's a case of that. There's still a lot of people out there that, you know, maybe not a massive fan of Barton, so that when it does turn slightly, it's uh, right. We're gonna, yeah, you know, it's not gonna take them much to suddenly turn on, on the on the players and the manager. Um, but yeah, I, I I wish I had an answer to the question, really, uh, Max. It's a it's a, you know, I don't know. Hopefully, the new signings will kind of help 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 us sort of settle a little bit. And the goalkeeper, for instance, actually thought he did okay on Saturday as well. To be honest, say it quietly. Um, you know, dare I say, he might have even been man of the match. But, um I'm not sure. I mean, that that bar is it's incredibly low, by the way. Um, But yeah, I I I don't know really is is the answer to that, which is which is a bad answer, really.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. You don't know, Um Jake. I've seen some Rovers fans online comparing the current performance, especially the MK one, to similar ones we saw under Bengana when you know we play it around the back and then just. Do nothing with it. Um, do you think that can be explained with like a a lack of confidence? Or do you think, like you mentioned earlier, maybe teams are starting to figure us out?
2: I think it's a bit of everything, but I think when you look at the backline, line, I, I, I stand in the in the that sense especially in the first half. You know, people are saying, oh, you know, play it forward and whatever. But I'm looking at myself, I'm like, where can they pass it to? They've got no runners, they're all sitting and they're like standing still. And um I don't want to single out players, but every time Paul Koops gets the ball, he's always facing his own goal. He's never facing on his side. Or so. I don't know that's kind of not his game, you know, turn on the sixpence and, and do whatnot. But um, I I think there's, just, there's a lack of movement there. And, I, you know, you know so people want to, you know, talk about how it is at the back line and not doing a lot with it. Only the players have got to move <laughs> and they're not moving. And whether that's, you know, I said teams, you know, figuring us out. You know, people say that MK defended well, okay, yeah, maybe they did, but they didn't exactly have a lot to defend with. You know, someone said, on, I thought it was a very good tweet, was at the halfway line to a because that's all if followed Rovers were doing. Um, and it's, it's yeah, I think it's just repetitiveness. I think I think teams I said have worked us out, but I, I, I don't want to say his lack of ideas, I'm not going to say that at all. But I look across the manager, and I think surely he can see that something isn't working. We're playing the same effectively the same game, especially at home. Almost week in and week out, especially in the first half, and it's like surely something's got to change. Um, and I, I and I think hopefully with, with these new signs coming in, I, I we'll start to see a bit of a more versatile team. Because especially at the back, you know, certain players may not be up to it. We might in the long run, but they've got to be given a run in the team. Um, and I, I and I feel sorry for some players, I, I really do, but. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a combination of everything at the moment. I think it's just it's one of those at the moment where everything is not going right for Is Every misplaced pass is times by 10. When you're on a bad run of form, you know, even around me and some of the people I, I stand with and I, I go with regularly, they're quite positive people. Um, and they just said to me hey, how bad we were, up or blind movie, must be bad if they're saying that. So, um, yeah, just hopefully we can snap out of this as soon as we can.
1: I think um for me as well, like, I, I, dare I say, this is like probably a real test now for Barton, like did this, this will show kind of how good he is. Cause when he came in initially, those first few months that he was here, um, yeah, at the time I was very critical because I thought, he's not handled this well at all. He's basically come in, rubbished all the players. And then we just went on the worst run ever got, got relegated bottom of the league. And I, I, you know, don't want to draw comparisons to that. Cause I don't think we're that bad touch wood. Um, but you know that this this is a challenging time for him. He's not been able to get what he really wanted in this window. Whereas I think up to this point he's been given everything he's wanted. He wants more staff. He gets more staff. He, he signs the players he's wanted to sign. This is the the only this is the first time he's had a, a kind of challenge. So he's got to try and work with what he's got. So can he get more out of this squad? Is really the question for for Barton. One of the things
0: I noticed was I listened to his interview in uh with Uncle Jeff and he kind of said how he's been showing the players how you know Liverpool play and teams like that and how they move the ball quickly and you know it creates gaps and stuff like that. I can I can see what he's tr- he's trying to do that with League 1 players, but we play it so slowly across the back four that it means any team can organize really easily and I think MK did that. I I will give them the juice. They I thought they were really good against us. I think they executed their game plan excellently. Mm. Because the times when we did move the ball across to the other centre back and then look to play it into midfield, I think they they must have intercepted like four or five like key, and then they were in in our half already attacking like two or three on one kind of or on two. Sorry, so I think I, I can see what he's trying to do, but it's just it's either he hasn't got the the players to do it, which I don't think he at League One level maybe. But that's why I think he prefers um, academy players, especially centre-backs. But I think it's also that pace and that intensity. You really have to work the ball really hard to make those gaps. You have to force the gaps to appear, which we could do quite easily in League 2. I think in League 1, we're starting to come against teams that are much better organised. And I agree with you. I think this is the time where he shows his skill as a coach and kind of changes it and and gets gets us flowing again um so the the we only had one shot on target on the whole match uh a 25 yarder from finley which is very tame while we're still conceding at the other end of the drive obviously the goals are dried up at uh the sharp end of the pitch um is that more of a concern than the goals were conceding almost uh, i'll come to you jake with that one
2: um could say that yeah because it's something that we've stopped doing um so we've gotten worse in that area as well so whereas okay i think people compared the Rovers team a couple of months ago it's like that picture of like a uh, you know great stallion at one end and that, that drawing of a horse at the other end that's kind of that's kind of the, the Rovers team you know with going forward um since then the rest you know the team has just become that drawing really um yeah it is a, con- it is a concern because you're not like i said there was a reliance on, on the front too and I know they've kind of not saying they're in a dry spell because they've both done very well, but the service isn't there. It is a concern because, okay, you might not play well, but this is where it's out, or this is where it's out. Whereas at the moment, nothing appears to be there's no green shoots, I feel. Um, So it is a concern for me. Um, I'd almost, saying that, though, I'd almost sort of take a couple of nil nils just to balance, just to kind of stop the rot a little bit. Um, You know, in hindsight, I'd rather, you know, (laughs) <laughs> Rovers win, win one and lose one rather than draw two, but it just kind of stops the rot a little bit. Because um, stealing goals is a hard habit to get out of, you know. And it's, you know, they're, they're equally concerning. Right? If I'm being honest, with you, they're equally concerning. But you know, and that was my, I said that that was my fear. You know, if you stop scoring goals, you got to hope there's up behind you. or do it, you know, I'm <laughs> stopping the ball from going, and we're not. Um, so Rovers need to just, just, you know, buck out of but the trend as quickly as they can, really. I think, like,
1: like even last season, there were times when I'd often like discuss it with my mate in work and say, like, we don't create a load of chances normally, no. and often we we're we're dug out of trouble by a moment of brilliance, and it'll be Collins, you know, turns, shoots, or you know, Coburn being on the end of a great cross from Collins normally. Um, and then you get like like last season it was Evans, <clears throat> Evans would dig us out of trouble with a free kick or a, you know a, a moment of magic, I and mean, we we've done the same this season. It's just that magic seems to have just stopped. I mean we have gone up a level, so suddenly players even you know Collins and Coburn, I think if they have an off day, that the quality within the division will just sort of swallow them up a little bit, whereas. You know, even you know Finley's he's, he's done. He's doing okay, but he's he's come up a level. And you look at his career, and you think there's possibly a reason why this is the ceiling he's reached is because he's he doesn't he isn't actually quite as good as maybe we thought he was. Dare I say? But yeah, it's but at the same time, we we aren't doing too bad. This is I'm hoping this is just a bad run. We'll see. So for
0: the second goal, obviously. We're chasing the game, and we we do get sucker punched a little bit. Um, but I wanted to talk about the men just emptying. I I know the game as soon as that goal went in, I I just went to the pub because I was like, I didn't think we were going to score before that, and I thought we're definitely not going to score two. Um, I don't know what it looked like where you were in the Blackthorn, Jake. If it just immediately emptied out like it's full time.
2: Yeah, I was quite surprised by that. I mean, it, I mean, it was almost on ninety minutes anyway, but I was quite surprised how quickly people left and you know the amount of people that left as well um there was you know we, I usually stand you know three or four steps down from the back and it was empty behind me um and while the time while I was trying four time whistle when I was behind the behind the barrier to walk out um they just seemed a, I think it just felt like a game Saturday where people went oh, almost like they had enough because that makes it sound like it's you know time to you know jog on but um I think it was one of like, okay, this is a game where this is like, okay, we've had a couple of bad results, and this is a game to turn it around, and we haven't. Um, and I think, and I think where the frustration comes in, and someone made a good point the other day to me was that we know these players are better than what they are. Like, you know, we, we've we've got some good results out of you know some of the best teams in the division. I'm not saying we're, you know, the top ten side and whatnot, but I think we're definitely more steady than maybe our form suggests. I think position wise, we maybe give or take where we are. But I think it's just the fact that I think the fans expected a reaction and they didn't get it. And I think rovers has got to be careful. The tide doesn't start to turn with the fans, as, as Mike said earlier. Uh, you know, and I, I was barring out for a period of time um, uh, last season, um, after maybe Swindon it was, but, um, you know, people are going to pick on any chance to jump on the manager's back because of who he is. And I'm not saying they should or they shouldn't, but, you know, it's just giving them ammunition in a way. Um, and there are still people that thought that way go to the Rovers now. And, and that's what, that's absolutely fine. You know, they're more than welcome to their opinion than that. But it's as soon as that tie turns, they're, they're on it straight away. Um, and we've all been there. When there's a bad atmosphere at the mem, we can really tell when there's a good atmosphere at the mem, we can all feel it like there's no tomorrow and it's the best feeling ever. But there's no in between it feels like with the Rovers, it's either up here as Larry or you know armageddon's coming and it's, it's the end of the world so yeah I, th- I think yeah saturday was definitely surprising to me especially on the blackthorn end how quickly everyone went out but um yeah f- fingers fingers crossed that you know we'll bit more together next time Sorry, uh, i always
1: felt on like during the the sort of COVID years and we you know so we got the you got relegated under uh, well under the, the three the trio that we had in, in charge mm. um i always felt like one of the factors that no one really seems to remember is that we had no fans at the stadium but i always felt that that was that oh that is often our kind of ace that we that we've got up our sleeve that sometimes when when the mem is really rocky it, i i think it's it's there's not many grounds like it i know we all we all mock it as a kind of it's a rubbish stadium but on its day it's i don't think there's many like it and I think we really suffered without having fans in the stadium. That being said, as you mentioned, Jake, that when suddenly there's a bad vibe in the stadium, which I'm sure there would have been during the Garner years, um, we you know it, it can turn the other way and it can actually work against us. So, yeah, you're right. It's just a, it's an interesting one. You get a lot of a lot of teams around the country that probably doesn't matter whether there's fans in the stadium or not because the you know MK Doms being one of them probably, yeah. but with us, I think we play. We do play a bit of a role here, and you're right that I think with Barton, he will have a lot of doubters that are kind of waiting for that to start turning against him. Um, and dare I say, I've, I've been Barton out as well, you know, for most of last season, and, and I've you know I've come to appreciate that he's done a, a really good job. So I'm not um, I'm not going to jump on his back too soon, but. um mm. No, let's let's see let's see how the next few
2: fixtures go you'll be going out to drive if you say that too soon right?
1: i know i know
0: so um i want to pick out a couple of individual performances i'm going to come straight back to you mike um i want to start with paul coots uh he was taken off at half time and i thought he was poor for their first goal dived in got beaten really easily um he did play a few nice crossfield balls, especially over to the to the left hand side. But like you said, Jake, he kind of often slows us down. Um, and do you think it's kind of time for him to maybe take a spell out of the team and and let someone else have a go?
1: Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I. I think. What well, to be to be honest with with Coots, I feel as though last season he obviously had a really slow start, and we're all doubting him. But I felt as though he is really, his performance is really key. Um, It really comes into its own when other players around him start stepping up as well. So, like, his job is essentially to get the ball, give it to someone else who's got a bit more technical ability. So often it's he gives it to Finley or he gives it to Harry Anderson or someone, Elliot Anderson, you know, go, you get it. I've got it. Now you've got it. And that's kind of his role, whereas I think at the moment he gets the ball and he's giving it to someone else who's maybe not quite on their game either. And I think he's become a little bit of a scapegoat. of, um, And I do, I do think he's also not performing, but I think he's, like last season, become a little bit of a target because when we don't win games, he's the kind of player that gets singled out because we know he's not going to create anything. We know he's not going to pop up with a winner. So he's an easy one, really. Whereas, um, so I think that's that's the alternative way of looking at it. I also think he's not playing particularly well. And there was that goal against MK. Was it the first the first one that in the lead up to the penalty when he gets he gets done on the halfway line? I mean, it doesn't look good for for Cousy there. there. Um, and, you know, there are a few times against Morecambe as well where he's just the, the game sort of passing him by. So maybe people are completely right to, to single him out. But um, I'm just conscious of last season that it was actually other players playing better that ended up making Coots look a lot better as well. So I think I wouldn't call time on his career with us yet. But, uh, yeah, it's he, he as, as a lot of the others, need to step up now.
0: So one of the other players, obviously, playing close to him on the pitch is sam finley who's also completely fallen off a of a cliff i i couldn't remember anything that he did either offensively or defensively against mk um jake that makes finley coots and evans all badly off form nino's written the script so he's just put equals big midfield issue
2: yeah that's, that's about right really yeah we, we don't seem to we seem to have a midfield, which um, we, which I always used to say with Ravers, I well, mean, my father always said, Ravers never had a midfield. It was just defence and attack. And that's what Ravers, it feels like we've gone back to. Um, yeah, so they're all off form. Uh, Finley, I think, so, you know, a, a steady player. He's definitely, I don't think he's any higher than a League One player. I think this season has shown that. Um, but when, you, when you're when you kind of in that in the holding role or in the box-to-box role, if, if you're having a bad game, you need those players to the side of it, as might have said with Coots, really, to kind of almost help you out in a way. Um, And sort of our three key midfielders we've got, you know, because as well as Rossiter has done, you know, since since October, you can't rely on Rossiter, to be honest, because he's injury prone. And that's sad, he's only 25 years old, but, um, you know, it it is a big issue. And and the fact that I kind of looked to that midfield and, up until the end of the window, we had no one else ready to come in. Now we've got a couple of options that we can use, um, which I'm looking forward to seeing. I think that's one of the only positives coming out of Saturday. I kind of thought, oh, okay, we've got a couple of new players here. Um, it is a big issue. And, you know, uh, with, with, uh, Mike was saying with, with Paul Coots, I think there was a saying uh, in, in sport or in, and whatnot you can look old in one fight. I think that's what's kind of happened to Paul Coots. He's come straight back in. And like myself, I was looking forward to him coming back in the team. I thought, good, to get Cootsie back in there. He can do it. And ever since he's come back, it's like the game was just passing by straight away. I said, is he match fit? Probably not, which doesn't help, especially when you're coming in midway for a season. But um, we we just, we're all, all the players are off form at the minute. When you've got all players who are not performing above a six out of ten, you're going to be struggling.
1: I thought the same about Coots, actually. You mentioned it there. That you, you obviously... he he had what looked like quite a significant injury. Like he he had his leg in a cast and he was still, we saw him a few times across the pitch and he thought, oh, wow, you know, he might be out for the season. And suddenly he comes back and he's just been in the side ever since. And almost like, well, we've got no one else and he is the captain, so he's got to play. And maybe he's just never really, it feels like he hasn't really got ever got back to that level he was. But um.
2: Yeah, so he's
1: want to one to keep a note of. Maybe he needs a bit of time outside. Maybe McCormick comes in. Maybe he gets his chance and then Coots can have a bit of a rest. Bless him.
0: I wanted to talk um, about Balcombe. So after the howler at Morecambe, it was, I thought it was really important that he had a good performance in front of the gas heads um, on Saturday. I thought he did. I've, he made one proper for the camera save, but apart from that, was pretty decent um with Belly allegedly injured at the moment, Mike, are you thinking, are you counting down the days till Belly's back? Or are you uh, happy with Balcom?
1: Um, Balcom or Bally, as I call him. Um he <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of fairly comfortable with him staying in there for the moment because again, right now I'm not really pressing the panic button. I'm just sort of thinking, right, well, let's give him a bit of time. I've got a bit of a theory on on the the Balcom sign-in anyway, because um, Finley, uh, sorry, Finlay, Belshall is the number one, and I think with Ansi becoming the goalkeeper coach, which was a role that Ansi had applied for, um, I think, earlier in the season, but because he was the backup keeper, they didn't want to give him that role because it was too much responsibility. But since Ansi has now said, look, that's kind of what I want to do, I want to step back, It's almost like we've gone, right, well, we need to get a goalkeeper in on loan. And Balcom. I believe, his contract ends at the end of the season. So it's almost like they've gone, right, we'll get this kid in. He might be able to impress us. It gives us the rest of the season to kind of take a look at him. And then if we like him and he likes us, then we can talk about signing him on a permanent deal in the summer. And that might be. And then you've got like a Belshaw, Balcom. Pretty strong, you know. Keepers, one of which we've seen for half a season, and we can run the rollover. Um, so I, did, I There was a bit of a meltdown when we sold Balkham, but I always felt that if is, um if Ance really wants to step back, well, the future is always that we're going to get a second keeper. So we may as well look at that now than in the summer. So I'm um, I'm okay with him um, staying in there for the time being, even though. I do think Belshaw was harshly dropped. He's one of those. It's, I, I feel I feel like Belshaw's been kind of hung out to dry by Barton. But at the same time, I can kind of see the logic in bringing in someone like Balcom, who we can we can take a good look at for a few months before the end of the season.
0: So, Jake, the last uh, last player I wanted to talk about was Bogard. So he made a cameo. From what I could see, it consisted of giving the ball away twice. Um, the second time for their for their goal and then put an absolutely steaming tackle into someone. He was only a short time on the pitch, but generally he looked quite bright. Do you think he's one of those ones that can come in new legs in midfield and give us a bit of energy and drive back into that area?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, anyone who's younger, they're, they're bound to have more energy um, regardless of what their kind of style is going to be. Um, yeah, I, I think he, he's one of the, you know, I said one of the more brighter players. I think uh, we, we've seen, well, yeah, I say he played about five minutes, whatnot, but okay, he came on, made a couple of misplaced passes, is what it is. But, um, yeah, I, I thought he, he looks okay. I, I think he can play centre back as well as as midfield. So, kind of getting a player that's can do a bit of both, can kind of work for and against you because it means you've never properly settled in one position. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's a positive. Uh, we definitely need some more, um, some more energy and a bit more aggression. It could be much more aggression be sent off every week if, if we had that, but because he might be out of picked up, but um, I, I think just have a bit more in that center of the midfield. Um, you know, you want at least two defensive midfielders on, on tap or on hand to, to pick and choose from. So yeah, I, I think he's fine to have for the rest of the season. If he does well, then, you know, might keep him on a bit longer if uh, all been well.
0: Before we look ahead to Lincoln, Um, I just want to pick up on one other story that happened since we last recorded, and that was Alf Kilgore leaving for Mansfield. Uh, Oddly, he's already scored twice for them. Uh, One of them was an absolute amazing diving header. He looks like he's having the time of his life. Uh, Simon Gold asks, and I'll come to you, Mike, uh, what are your thoughts on our reliance on the loans and the lack of our own prospects pushing for places in the matchday squad?
1: Yeah, that's a a great question, really, because, it's something other. I mean, other than Luca Hall, who's come in and 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 done well and did really well last season, and you know we've made the step up, and I think he's still maybe operating on League Two time at this point. But I think hopefully over time he, he's going to keep developing, and we'll see the best of you. The know, best years are ahead, hopefully for, for Luca. But other than that, there doesn't appear to be any real like what's the roadmap for these young players to get into the first team when they see us signing, you know, 19 year old lads from the Premier League to, you know, to play half a season for us in a season that kind of looks like it could be a bit of a, you know, uh, a dead half of the season, possibly. Um, you know, if you're a uh, Jerry Lawrence, you might be thinking, well, it could have been me playing on Saturday rather than, Villa's hot prospect why why am I not getting the minutes but I know it's thinking (laughs) actually of Jed Ward when you were
0: talking about Balcom as well
1: yeah yeah of course yeah yeah you're absolutely right um and I, I I know it's not as simple as that and I know managers will feel like look you know I can't risk losing games and like getting the sack because I've given I've put my trust in players that might not be ready yet but I think you know, particularly if you want to try and send a bit of a message to the to the owner and say, look, I need more resource. No better than throwing in a few young players who aren't ready <laughs> to to make that point. But um, I know that's not what Simon here is asking. You, you know, he, he would like to see um our own prospects being given the opportunities that young Premier League players are getting. Um, and I, I agree with him really. I'm I'm concerned about that. Really, last season. We got promoted off the back of some good loan signings that we had, um, and you know it feels like this season we've tried to do the same thing by just getting in a couple of, a couple of good young signings and and hope for the best. And for the for the most part, those loan signings have been excellent, so can't really complain. But at the same time, that long term strategy that we like to talk about and and Barton often references, oh you know the strategy of the club. I don't really see that in the in the playing side of things too much, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely a concern. And Alfie, good luck to him. Um, and you know, maybe, so, maybe maybe he was always a centre forward. We just never realised it. But there we are.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think. Sorry, just <laughs> sorry just to put in now. I think in regards to the question regarding the um, you know giving the, the young players a chance, you know that um, percentage of our own academy players playing is. In a, in our first team is so small. I think that less than one percent of academy players make it at all. So or, or in, the, in the team that they they're signed with as a youngster. Um, so it is it is a rare thing that that is done. But you know I I do see the point that long term um, I I think it's okay in the short term, but long term it effectively falls like an, and I kind of sort of thought this after Saturday, it feels like we're just becoming a development team for a Premier League team just to send their kids at One or two, yeah, it's fine, but just, it feels like we're relying on that. And to me, and it, 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 sorry to go back to what you mentioned about the transfer and the on, I think we're going to need at least 10 players in the summer because looking at actually how many players we've got, how many are on loan, and they're actually, could say, are good enough. You know, just over-reliance on loans. And it, I think it might have been yourself, Mike, you said this before, I'm not sure, but it feels like you're just... Um, Putting plaster over cuts all the time. You're not actually solving the problem. It's, if there's a problem, but if like it's not a long term fix. Um, as, well, you know, as much as I'd like to see our own players getting a chance, you know, Barton said in, in his chat with 20man that Rovers essentially don't have an under 23 team. What happened with that, I don't know, because I thought we had a decent structure in place. Could probably look to maybe, you know, the Mr. Uh, Director of Football we had before. Um, if he, you know, broke that off. I'm not sure. Um, I know Rovers weren't filled in a, uh, an under 23s last year because they weren't sure like what was happening with COVID and that, because obviously not, you know, we, we didn't really know um, if we were going to carry on as normal, but, um, you know, so Rovers, you know, mostly we don't have much of an under 23s at the minute. Um, but, uh, you know, as you said, you know, if this is going to be, you know, a season that's going to effectively piece out, you know, we're giving some of these young players 10, 20 minutes here and there surely can't be any harm. You know, if mm-hmm. Rovers ain't, ain't going to go down, he ain't going to go up. You know, there's no, you know, give uh, Jerry Lawrence a game or give uh, whatever centre forward we've got in the, in the, in the, uh, in the youth team a chance if we have one. But, um, it's, it's all sort of opportunity at the end of the day. You know, so I've, a lot of these young players that have left Rovers haven't really made it, you know, not including Kilgore, but a lot of these young, that have gone from the youth, youth team out to somewhere else they've not really made a splash wherever they've gone to. People just met like Jamie Lucas, who was a young striker we had. I'll
1: tell you you one player who has, Aaron Collins. That's true, yeah. We we have to release those players and then sign them back like years later. But no, you are right. You are
2: right. No, it comes out full circle, doesn't it? No, um... (laughs) But no, it's, it's all about in uh, five years we'll re-sign a Karen Phelps or something. They'll uh, okay. score 20, 20 goals for us. But no, it's um yeah, it's, it's just all about fine margins and windows. And, and like I said, I, I love nothing more to see, you know, like at Kral-Alexandra, they worked so well for them, you know, with the young players coming through. But again, that only got them so far. And, you know, I, I can't remember the last time they had an academy player come through. But um yeah, it, it's it's tough. And, uh, you know, but this reliance on Premier League under-23s, I hope it doesn't become a, a, a reliant on that but I, long term isn't
1: uh what just it's a great that's a great point I do but I just as you were talking I thought actually you mentioned about the the under 23s that we're, we're probably not alone in that there's probably a lot of clubs maybe since covid that have gone you know what we just cannot afford to have this many you know we can't have a second team you know anymore and I wonder whether actually because it's not just us signing young Premier League players it's probably it might just be the only option we've got because we've got all these other young lads out on loan, so it, maybe we don't feel like we want to be bringing them back in um, just to, just to sit on the bench when they could be developing, a, you know, Western or something. Um, and it's actually just easier to get young Premier League talent who are going to be pretty good, maybe, um, and kind of go from there. But yeah, I wonder, I wonder how many other clubs don't have a under twenty three squad. It'd be be interesting to know that, really.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one. I know Brentford pulled out of the whole academy system just to have the under 23s so that they didn't then fall under the elite play- elite player performance plan. Um mm. but yeah, that's a that's a much bigger conversation than yeah. we're gonna have. Uh so let's look ahead to Lincoln. Um they currently sit 16th and they are three points below row. They've got three points less than Rovers. They've had three draws and one win in their last four i looked at the form table um especially their home form in the last 10 games they've had exactly the same amount of points as we've had which is 14 but instead of playing you know the likes of mk and cheltenham they've played derby argyle sheffield wednesday wickham barnsley Bowen, and a few others so at home they look i think a little bit stronger than us but i want to get your guys predictions i'll come to you first jake what what's your feelings
2: uh, I I can't I can't be positive because I'm going. The sigh. Um, yeah, I I got I got a I got I, 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 I was on by keeping a clean sheet. We I, mean, I just I, I don't know. I I think I think I'll be growing a ponytail. I think probably keep a clean sheet again. So, um, I I let's go two one. Ravers win. I got you know th- that's my heart. My heart is said two one. Ravers win. My head, um, it's I got a horrible feeling. It's going to be like a ninety plus five one 0 defeat or something. Gonna make it gonna make the day completely horrendous and the journey back gonna be for twice as long, but I, yeah, I, I you know what, let's go. Two on Rovers went. Got to. got to let's go with it.
0: Nice, how about you, Mike?
2: Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go
1: one nil Rovers. I'm gonna say clean sheet, the full works, it's gonna be a professional job. Um, but I always say we're gonna win. I never when it comes to predicting, it's like, I'll just say rovers will win, because that's I will always let the heart lead mm. on this and I'll always get it wrong. So don't whoever's listening, do not put money on one-nil Rovers. That's all I it's all I know for sure.
0: That's, that's a, a great bit of advice. Um well <laughs> I think that's pretty much all we've got time for so thanks guys for for showing up and thank you for listening gas heads um Take and all meal. that leaves for me to say is up the gas
1: up, up, the, up gas. the gas